0: Welcome to Act Two by Choosing Him Ministries with Tisha Janes and Andrew Paik, a place where life stories are told, encouragement is shared, and hope is found. Good morning, lovelies. We are so happy that you are joining us today. Hope your day is going well. If not, it's about to get better because we have um, April Anderson joining us today to talk a little bit about herself and a foundation that she is running. So April, good morning.
1: Good morning, ladies. Thank you so much. How are you? i'm fantastic how are you
0: good doing good good, doing good so i was just reading a little bit about some things you said about yourself just getting ready for this and you said you are a yankee transplant who (laughs) fled to the (laughs) south like you just ran your way here so
1: exactly i once saw a bumper sticker that said i'm not from the south but i got here as fast as i could and i (laughs) that that was me Yeah, I'm done with snow. I'm done with gray, and I'm never going back unless Jesus drags me there himself. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, I am from Cleveland, Ohio, and originally, and I went to college at Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee, and that's where I met my husband. Um, we have four amazing children. Um, most of you are grown and gone. I only have one left at home, which is really sad. She'll be a senior next year. Um, and time flies. I know when you're like raising babies, everyone's like, Oh, hang on. It'll go so fast. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I haven't slept in three weeks, but it's, it's so true. And like, I'm staring into the end of it and it's like really doing a number on me. So, um, but yeah, I have four amazing kids. My first, my oldest is getting married in October. And, um, and then the baby graduates next year, like I said. Um, what else? We were in ministry um, in Senoia at a church. We'd, we've always grown up in the church and been a part of the church um, and always served in some capacity. We youth pastored, um, but then under um, an unforeseen series of events, we ended up stepping into the pastoral role um, at a small church in Senoia, Georgia. And we pastored that church for about eight years, um, which um, I learned a lot about myself, good and bad in that season. Um, And it prepared me for the next, which was um, Backpack Buddies was launched out of that church. I-58 Mission was launched out of that church. So it was a tiny little church that um, I do believe changed changed the community. So um, I'm super, super grateful for that time um after that we started a coffee shop in downtown Senoa which has been our the most fun we've ever had and honestly I I believe the most ministry we've ever done even though we were full-time in the church so and back you know that and backpack buddies together um I think has reached more people than than the four walls of the church could do so um yeah, and this past year we opened the first ever micro food hall on our side of Atlanta. So there's nothing like that around here at all. So we have a little we moved the coffee shop into that, but we have a space that has vendor stalls and different different people filling them. Um we have two officially filled and one that is um two people are interested in, and we're trying to figure that out. So yeah, really, it's a really cool.
2: Fun place to walk into. It's like yeah. a food court, and um, for the areas to sit and talk, and, and really, it's really beautiful. It is. Um. So, April, let's let's go back to like going into ministry. Did you and um, is Brent is your husband?
0: Did
2: y'all go to school wanting to be ministers?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
2: and I hear <laughs> the story a lot. I know. Uh, so tell yeah. us how God changed your hearts and kind of drew you um, from what your plan, your initial plan was, because he's really good at altering our plans that we make here on earth.
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) absolutely, he is. Um, I think if we knew ahead of time, we would scream and run away, so (laughs) he eases us into that, but um, he, let's see, so we had been a part of this church forever, and, you know, our hearts have always been we are raised good little church kids and it's a see a need fill a need situation. You know, we've always been like, Hey, whatever's open in the church, whether that's leading kids or leading youth, like we've always just jumped to help. Right. Um, but, you know, as it happens often in a lot of churches, there was a, a messy situation with the pastor and um, my husband at the time was an elder and they all, I think felt like the church would do much better having someone from the inside of the church to walk us through some real difficult, challenging, painful situation. Um, and then at one point all eyes turned towards us. And we were like, okay, this isn't one of those things. That's a see, a need, fill a need. This is a, I need to hear from the voice of God because this is a, you know, this is a lot more challenging of a situation. And we kind of went away to a conference and, um, spent a lot of time in prayer. And when I say, honestly, we heard the voice of God so clearly in it. And that's the only thing that gave me the courage to step into that, or both of us is the courage to just step into that. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was a beautiful and challenging season, but God was faithful through it all. Um, I think the most challenging thing for me um I always struggled with not feeling like the typical pastor's wife right like I love I love the church and I love worship and I love women's ministry but I love children's ministry my children were in it but so many times the pastor's wife is looked at to like move in and take charge of all these roles right and I didn't um and I felt very uncomfortable being looked to in that. But um, my husband and I jumped in a discipleship group um, halfway into our ministry, which I wish it would have been uh, closer to the beginning of our ministry. And I ended up finding out that my gifts were evangelistic, you know, that I thrived on the outside of the church and outside of the four walls and in the community. And once I gave myself the freedom to be okay with that it was like you know like I said between backpack buddies which I know we'll get to in a minute and the cafe um I feel like I was right where I was called to be in that and just had I experienced a, a lot of shame and guilt originally for not feeling like the pastor's wife you know what I mean or or the stereotypical roles of what that should look like.
2: That's a powerful statement, and I think for some of our listeners that are hearing that in general, you can be like, okay, well, somebody thinks I'm supposed to do this, or like, I know when we went back to our church, they were like, oh, children's ministry, like, you were so good with kids, like, yeah, I was, I was 18, like, <laughs> right. I, 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 I feel like I've graduated, I don't, want, I don't, I don't yeah. want to be in the children's ministry anymore, please don't make me go back, <laughs> <know>. but, but <laughs> the freedom of being able to figure out what your Mm God-given gifts are, because all of us, I mean, the Bible has a long list of spiritual gifts that he gives out and he apportions them accordingly. Everybody doesn't have everything. And so we, we can't expect our pastor's wives or even anyone in the church to fit a role that just, there's a need, fill it, you know, because that may not be your gift. You might be very generous in that moment to fill that need. But I, I think that's a very powerful statement that you just made is, find your God-given talent, and then have the freedom to go and pour into that. Because when God pours himself through us, it is multiplied in a way that we could never have done on our own.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the biggest blessing or favor you could do yourself is to figure that out. You know, now there's so much more like Enneagram tests and, you know, all these cool things where you can kind of figure out your giftings and, and learn to fall into them. But again, especially in a small church, you know, when you get into mega churches or bigger churches, like there's so many in our area, we were a tiny little church that, you know, ran 125 on a great day, you know, and, and those, in those, and those settings, there's a lot of pressure to fill everything, even on my husband. I mean, he did the books, he cleaned the bathrooms, he, you know, preached on Sunday, he visited people when they were sick or, you know, was expected to, and, and same with the expectations on me, so, um, you know, it, it could be challenging, but at the end of the day, it led me to where I am now, so I'm, I'm super grateful.
2: Right, and that's where we were kind of going to transition a little Mm -hmm. bit, is how God could use our refining moments, our training time through the hard times, before he actually gives us our plan, and, um, Backpack Buddies, I know, was on God's heart for you for a very long before it ever came um, on the table for you, but I really believe he used that time to let you see the needs in the community because y'all have always been so community focused um, in your church, but in your family as well. So talk to us how all of a sudden Backpack Buddies kind of came on the scene for you.
1: Sure. Well, Um, we went to, we were part of the Vineyard Association of Churches, Um, our church was Sonoy Vineyard, and so we had gone to our national conference, and it's really weird, because I didn't, um, at that point, I wasn't super plugged into the community like I am now, I was, you know, homeschooling and wrestling for children, and, you know, and then the pastor's wife thing, and, uh, you know, had a lot on my plate, so I was honestly at a, at a phase in life where I was in my own bubble and unaware completely of what was out my back door, what was going on anywhere. It's like, sometimes what's right in front of you consumes you and that's where I was. But we went to this conference and um, two friends of mine, um, one of them, I always have to tell his name because he's got the greatest name of all time. He's from Alabama. His name's Bubba, but his name is Bubba Justice. And I was like, you were destined to do this with the last name Justice, you know. Um, but my friend Bubba and uh, my other friend Mark, who's doing it in South Carolina, were leading this workshop about how to minister to your community. And that like out of all the lists of, of like classes at the conference I'm like oh I don't care what I go to but I'm going to this one and they asked a very poignant question that day and it was um, you know it doesn't matter the size of your church but if the doors of your church closed today would the community even miss you would they even know that you were gone and I was like ooh, ouch you know um, the former pastoral leadership team I mean, we were new to the Sonoya area, but I feel like the inside was so sick that we couldn't focus anywhere else but the inside. So as the Lord began to heal the inside, um, you know, we started looking at like, what can we do in the community? And they were both doing Backpack Buddies programs, Mark and Bubba um, in South Carolina and Alabama, and I loved it. And um, at that time, I was so naive to this is a really cool, amazing thing, but I don't know if my area even needs anything like that, you know? And so of course I come home all fired up a lot of times, like we do from conferences and a lot of times, like I do personally, I've always been one of those people that like, I have a billion ideas and then I start them and never finish them. And Uh, just being real here I'm a little ADD and all over the place but I I am creative and have a good heart but you know (laughs) I just want to show you that this was way beyond April because in me I never finished anything or I would like spout off an idea and and never follow through so but when I got home I set an appointment with the school um, the school county school offices in Noonan and um, I called and I was like if I wanted to do something like this who would I talk to and um, they're like, this. the gentleman's name is David Gregory, and his title at that time, which did end up changing, was liaison to the homeless, to homeless children, and I was like, what? There are homeless children in my county? You know, my experience, we were new to Coweta County, and my experience to Coweta County um, was Sonoy, you know, and for those of you that don't know Sonoy, it's like, it's like Stars Hollow on um, Gilmore Girls. It's like, it's like Mayberry, almost. You know, it's this, it's this cute little small town where everyone gets along and everyone knows each other and everyone says hi at the stores in town. You know, it's it, also it's place my...
2: Walking Dead is filmed. Yes, yeah. and, a and, and,
1: is... filming area. The Walking Dead is our claim to fame. But anyway, I just, I just had no idea, and so I sat down with him, and this was in 2010, um, and he said at that time there were 200 homeless children in Coweta County and I just was flabbergasted. I was just like, yeah. Now homeless doesn't mean necessarily that they're like on a street in a cardboard box. Some of them are, some are like in cars and a lot of them just don't have a defined address. So, you know, mom's on drugs, dad's in jail and they're being bounced there with grandma this week, aunt with this week, you know, they don't have a permanent residence and they, that's one of the tragic eye openers to this whole thing that broke my heart um, was, was the kids that are bounced around because you think of, you know, my kids when they are out sick four days and you panic about how far they get behind, like these kids literally, like one person won't take them to school and the buses, which they do have a system in place in Coweta now, but at the time, you know, If they were living here and had gone to school here and it was an hour, they couldn't get back to that same school. So now they're changing schools. I saw a handful of siblings change schools four times in six months um, my first year. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. It broke my heart because I went to a lot of different schools. I went to 12 different schools before seventh grade. And I know how my education suffered. I know how my heart broke losing friends. You know, we didn't have Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, phones, cell phones that everybody had to to keep connected how people do now, you know, but it was was super eye-opening for sure. But um, at the end of that day, anyway, he gave me a list of schools. I told him, I was like, write them down, greatest need and down. And, um, and he did, and we started with the first two, so small, two schools, 36 kids. We raised food, our little church, um, raised enough food that I knew we started in, in the middle of the year because I didn't want to start something that I couldn't finish. You know, I had been a part of other nonprofits that got so consumed in numbers that what they were serving the numbers was almost embarrassing. Um, you know, so I had just decided I want to serve fewer well and really make an impact. And um, so we just kind of started with two local schools. And I think it, we told them 20 children or 25, and we ended up starting with 36, and I was scared about that. Um, so anyway, God was faithful. We were able to do it, and it just snowballed from there.
2: So for our listeners, or it's all who's never heard of Backpack Buddies. Tell us what that is. <laughs>
1: Okay. So we are a nonprofit that partners with the school systems in our county. We work with the counselors directly to identify children at risk for hunger, and then we supply them for as much nutrition as we can as far as being non-perishable foods, but we um, supply them with food. For the times that they're not in school, um, mainly weekends, school breaks, and we also work towards summer initiatives because, you know, during the week, um, while kids might not have dinner at home, they do get breakfast and lunch in the school, so we know that they're not, you know, malnourished or, you know, it, 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 you know, they're still hungry. But at night and come in, and we also have started in recent years stocking supply cabinets for counselors, um, like supplies of food, you know, snack foods, because um, a lot of these kids come in, they miss the bus or they come in late and they don't have time to get breakfast because the school buses around here, I don't know if you know, there's like shortages of drivers. The buses tend to run an hour late some mornings. Um, So, anyway, they, they were coming in hungry and fidgety and they won't pay attention in school and they, you know, their stomach's growling. So we've been able to also supplement food for the counselors for those situations as well, or after school, if they have to stay in the after school program, making sure the schools have snacks. Um, But yeah.
2: And what's really special about Backpack Buddies is yes, you're feeling, it's not just about the food. As we know, we both work in the education system Mm -hmm. ourselves that Kids don't care about math if their stomach's growling.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. If you didn't sleep the night before and they can't stay awake, they're not going to learn reading. Right. Um, so you've got to meet those physical needs before you can say, let's help you in your educational world. Absolutely. You know?
1: Absolutely. And you, we all get hangry. You know, you think yeah. of like kids that act out right. and they're frustrated and they're yeah. angry. And then you're, you want know, to be like, hold on, when was the last time you ate something? You know, and you give them a granola bar and an applesauce cup and then. You know, it's amazing how much focus can come back and they can sit still. And yeah, I mean, I know how I am. So
2: that's such an extension of Jesus' hand. You know, he always made sure if they had food, and most of his analogies throughout the New Testament talk about is the bread of life. He understands and and created us. So he understands the need for food, for nourishment. And we can't even minister to them spiritually until you minister to our physical needs Um, because they're just not in a place to anyone you know adults children anyone so you really are being the hands and feet of christ just by giving them food um and not not that second but that is primary yeah sweet well and
1: that's and that's what we strive you know um you know as i mentioned before in our chat you know it's a scary thing to step out and do something big. I think of mother Teresa, how, I, I I don't know the quote, like word for word, but the the gist of it was like, cause it can be overwhelming to look at a big picture and look at how much is out there. But you start with one, you know, if you can't feed everyone, feed one. And that was kind of our mentality. Like if we can just start here and make a difference here, and then maybe people will see this and like, get. Like, yeah get on board, but also just stepping out in obedience to the things that scripture, um, you know, commands us to do, but God calls us to do and puts in our hearts to do. And once you step out to do something, you know, this is where I always encourage people because I am the least qualified person. I have no education background, so I couldn't really relate on that side. You know, I have a compassionate mom's heart. I'm a mom. And I think that, you know, comes innate, you know, innate in most women, but to care for and to think about these other kids going to bed, you know, but that, you know, some obedience to Jesus and, and my mom's heart was the only qualifications I have. I'm not administrative. And I used to joke that I am going to go to jail over some paper form that I didn't fill out my heart (laughs) to take care of these kids, you know, enter Lori Burnett, Lori Burnett saved me from, uh, she's my administrative guru. And, um, you know, she runs most everything now, her and Nicole, and that, that's totally saved me. Cause I used to joke about like my CPA would like message me and be like, Oh, did you know you have to fill out these? And I'm like, no, I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> but, but anyway, what my, my whole point is to say, you know, when you step out to do the things God calls you to do, especially when you're not qualified, um, like there's just wind in your sails. It's like, it's like Holy Spirit wind. It's just, um, you know, he just, he just does it and doors open and people get excited and, you know, and, and then it just snowballs. It's, it's the coolest thing. And if you, if you're scared to step out in something, first of all, if you're not scared, it's not what he's called you to do, right? Oh, <laughs> um, look at every person he's ever used in the Bible too, right? Like dorks and and, and losers and people are unqualified and, and don't have the speaking skills and don't have any special anything. Um, they're just, they're just like us and they'll make mistakes just like us, you know, um, I'm so thankful for the Bible and all t- amazing examples. So, you know, but it's, it's just relying on him and just watching him do what he does. You know, it's so cool.
0: So you started with two schools, 36 children. What mm-hmm. has God grown that to now?
1: so we're in now about 33 schools every school in the county but then there's like some charter schools and special um schools um and i think the last week of bags they packed was somewhere around 1200 so 1200 a week yeah so it's been incredible so you give
2: each week what do you give the kids and then tell us about like holiday weeks and stuff how does that differ
1: okay so weekly bags include two meals two breakfasts several snacks like just a bunch of snacks in there um sometimes a drink sometimes we do bottles of water mostly now we did juice for a while Uh, a lot of the juice boxes were exploding in the in the bags and so we kind of do the bottles of water Um, And sometimes we also supply the schools with water so they can give them there and they're not getting smushed around in the bag. Um, But yeah, so definitely enough to just get them through the weekend, right? Um, Lunch, dinner. um, So they get them on
2: Fridays and this help for the weekend.
1: Yeah, and the volunteer, I wish I, I, I don't even know. Lori would know better. I should have asked her like how many volunteers we have, but it, it's pushing probably just on weekly, the same people come in every Wednesday and help put these bags together. We have different groups and organizations that can come in in the evening and help pack, but we have a group that sets up, that unloads the truck, that goes and picks up food at food banks. Then we have delivery drivers. It's, it's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. We could not do what we do without these incredible people who, who are there and show up every single week. Um, so th- we have a volunteer assigned a school or two They come pick them up on Fridays. Um, Sometimes they're actually Wednesdays or Thursdays, but they have to get them to the school by Friday at noon. And then the counselors either call the older ones to the office, usually in a discreet way, not like, you know, come get your food. But um, when they're littler, they usually just slide them right into their backpacks. When they go out to their extracurricular, like, you know, uh, the teachers can just get them in there. Um, And then the older ones know to come pick them up. And then they go home with them for the weekend. And the break bags have just enough to get them through the whole week. We do like a whole loaf of bread, peanut butter, jelly, um, soups, and a big box of cereal. Um, Gosh, like spaghetti, pasta, you know, spaghetti sauce. Um, it's It's a big bag. In fact, it's one of the biggest problems we have is the little kids being able to carry them home so we do now try to get them to the to the oldest sibling so if they have a you know an older sibling in in middle school we try to get the bags there or the teachers are really good about helping them but you know we've had a few issues there but you know when possible parents can come pick them up too but we don't that doesn't happen a lot. You know?
0: yeah.
2: I remember having a conversation years ago with uh, my daughter's assistant principal and just talking about like when we're out of school and we you know I get excited, mm-hmm. we have a snow day and she would just grieve and she would just be like, not, my babies are not going to have food because mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to get to school. And that, this was long before COVID when we, you know, the kids weren't there and you just don't realize that, no. you know, we're in sometimes our bubble of, you know, Oh, we have a day off we, and those kids that might be their yeah. only sanctuary. It might be their only safe place um, and yeah. the consistency of people mm-hmm. in their life, but their place to get food, and so to be able to provide this for the kids, um, golly, just food, you know, what a blessing! And that's true.
1: I had never, my eyes were open to that as well because I was thinking, who, who you know, I grew up with that kid, like, who wants to be at school, you know? But it's not about even the education for most of them, it's about the security. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be taken care of here, and you know what? I, I do want to say not every one of these children has a horrible home life, obviously, but sometimes the families are in survival mode. You know, there's one parent that's just working. I personally, um, through Backpack Buddies, launched a summer camp um, in the Housing Authority in Sonoya, and that ran for three years um, before we had to move an hour away while we were building our house. And then and then we were full time at the coffee shop but in those years i built some relationships and one family in particular the mom was just like she was determined to not take any government help and she worked two jobs she would get up at 6:30 her first job ended at 3:30 she had to be at her second job at 5 and got home at like 10:30 11 so she had three kids at the time at home and they were just completely on their own she didn't know if they were doing their homework she didn't you know know if they were eating there was very little food in the house um but things like that so it's not necessarily that she is like I don't want these kids and they're my life or she's out doing drugs and partying and into trouble she's trying to do everything she can just to pay the bills and so that's when kids can you know run the street get in trouble they just don't have the supervision you know um But that was super eye opening for me too. Just to think like some of these people are just doing everything they can and they're only one parent, you know. So it's tough, you know. It's 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 opened my eyes a lot. The beautiful
0: ministry you're doing, yes, it is. And you also, um, for our listeners who don't know, you allow youth groups, organizations, clubs at school, all of those students can come and volunteer. You have volunteer nights and um, they're able to see outside their own bubble. Mm -hmm. And um, so you minister to them in a way that they normally wouldn't see this kind of poverty in their own backyard. And yet they walk away understanding exactly what their work was going towards. And I think that's a beautiful part of your ministry as well.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, my own kids at the time um, were homeschooled and then had gone to um, my oldest graduate from Trinity, which is a Christian school around here. Um, so they weren't necessarily sitting next to these kids. You know, the kids that go to public school, their eyes are a little more open to this person next to me is wearing the same clothes all week. and They might not have food or, you know, they can see things a little more, but I, I think especially if you homeschool your kids or if you have kids that are in private school, you're fortunate enough to do that. It's important to not lose sight of what's happening in the community because it, 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 it we can get in our own little sheltered church bubble. You know what I mean? Where we're just our activities are our church, maybe some sports and then um, Christian school and, you know. It's, it's just important when you're not seeing day to day to make sure your kids especially are aware and look for opportunities, opportunities to serve, you know, where your kids can see how other kids live.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really important point because if we look back at Jesus' life in the New Testament, how he took his disciples into the areas that they needed to see outside their bubble. (laughs) You know, it was like, you've been fishing. Okay. You come with me. We're going to go to a different town Mm -hmm. place you haven't seen before. And the people that you think are less than them, well, we're going to go serve them. And it's so important for us just as Christians, whether we're talking about our kids or ourselves to get out of our norm, out of our bubble that we've created of our comfort zone, the things that make us happy and to realize there are other people that we can serve, that have needs, um, and that's really the reason why we're here. We're not here yeah. to accumulate and to make our lives comfortable and happy. Yeah. We're here to serve, and that's what Jesus mm-hmm. calls us to do. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. You've done that beautifully, mm-hmm. and this is a beautiful organization. Um, it's a beautiful legacy, and that's one of the things that we ask all of our guests, like well, how do we want to be remembered? Um, so, April, how do you want to be remembered? <laughs>
1: Well, I know I kind of have an interesting take on this. Um, I think, I think about it a lot and, you know, I mean, what I want to do more than be remembered is just inspire people to, to carry this on. Because if you set up something that's going to die when you move on, then it's, there is no legacy with it. Right. I don't want the legacy to be so much about April Anderson and those things that she did, but, you know, because honestly, unless you're Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King Jr. or Jesus, you know, people really aren't going to remember your name when you're gone. I, your family, hopefully, you know, and, and, and I, honestly, that's been a struggle for me. Like, um, with that evangelistic heart, it's, it's hard not to lose sight of your home. Sometimes I can focus so much outside of my home that that takes a toll on my kids. And so, you know. I'm, I'm praying that my kids will hopefully see the heart that I had and all that and have some grace and forgiveness in areas that maybe I didn't show up as much as I should have for them. But yeah, you pray you pa- impact those people closest to you like that. But, um, you know, essentially I want to, I want to spread a fire, a contagious fire and passion that, um, you know, that some little kid will remember when they were little, not the name Backpack Buddies or not April, but they were scared and alone and tired and hungry. And they opened up their backpack and there was a bag of food there that they may not have even known was in there. And they opened it up and they... Ate what was inside, and it was like a tangible hug from Jesus that somebody was seeing them and loving them and providing them some kind of security that wasn't there. And then maybe that will burn in their heart to be like, I remember what that did for me. So I want to do something like that, you know. But it's everyone finding their thing. You don't have to do my thing, but I think we're all capable of doing things, you know, big things and and God things and things outside of us. And that's not for us, it's for him and just if my kids are loving and serving Jesus and people are inspired just in a world of love and compassion, and that's what our world needs now more than anything. That's, that's what I hope lives on.
2: That's, that's really beautiful for our listeners who are sitting here and listening to April's story. As we talked from beginning to this moment, um, it might seem like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't know how to start an organization or, um, start a nonprofit or whatever. And, and I would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to April's story. And it started with each one, teach one, each one, reach one. Yep. And you started with one and you started where you were, where God had you planted for that season. And so I would just encourage our listeners, you know, if you people are always asking, what's my purpose. I want not know what to do. I don't know how to serve God. And you're wanting this enterprise handed to you on your lap. And God's like, I just want your obedience. I want you to love me. Mm-hmm. And I want you to love my people. And if that means providing one meal, that means giving somebody a ride, serving and packing a bag on Wednesday nights. And um, that is what God's calling us to do. And all he wants is an obedient servant to do that. So um, as our listeners, I hope that you are encouraged by April's story, her life and her obedience. And, um, you know, as we close out today, as we always say, whatever
0: your journey is. Oh, Hold on one second. One second. I just want for our listeners how can they connect with you? I'm so sorry. I don't mean no, to jump in. No, that's important. <laughs> but if they're wanting to donate, volunteer, how can they connect?
1: All of that is on our website, which is backpackbuddiesgaforgeorgia.org. So backpackbuddiesga.org. There's volunteer opportunities. There, um, we do food drives, you know, places to drop off food, places to write checks and send money. But there's, you can get involved in any, any kind of way. Um, and all ages, which is important because there's not a lot of organizations out there. Sometimes kids have to be 16 or older or sign waivers, or, you know, for the most part, you can bring toddlers. There needs to be an adult to every small child. But, um, I, I have taken a toddler that I keep to help a friend out occasionally, and she loves to hold the bag and I put stuff in, you know, so really it's something the whole family can do. And that's, you can't find that everywhere. So it's fun.
0: Absolutely,
1: Yeah.
2: Wonderful. And we haven't, we didn't get to talk a whole lot about your um, new coffee shop and the whole, um, I guess food court is not the right word. What do you call it?
1: A uh, food hall. Yeah. Food hall. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, um, you
2: know, if our listeners are local or mm-hmm. if you're not local and you want to come to Sonoya and you want to experience the community and just the, the fun time there, tell people where you are located, what the name of it is and how they can find you.
1: It's the Mess Hall on Main uh, and it's 30 Main Street in downtown Sonoya um i believe i should know our website but it's sonoyacoffeecafe.com i think is what it is um there's not an and in there so sonoyacoffeecafe.com we're also on all the social media platforms we even just did our first tiktok recently so there you go
0: oh, fun. I've, 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 i'll link all of that in the notes for going to um yeah to see you guys so and it is it's a precious spot and it is the gilmore girls stars hollow
1: <laughs> we love precious. it we do women's events too we do uh what we call wisdom and wine uh, we usually have a female speaker come in There's charcuterie and our small bite of some sort a glass of wine not everyone drinks wine so any drink um you know and we just have a fellowship of women it's a ticketed event um it's really cool but we we just look to use that place i walked through the other day and there was like five bible studies meeting in there and that just Oh, it fills my heart up, um just all the Jesus that goes on in that place, Absolutely. you know. Doing um, life together. Yeah, it's wonderful. Very peaceful but, place, and we love it.
2: Well, and um, thank you for being on here today, April. Thank you for thank sharing you your story,
1: encouraging
2: us, and Absolutely. our listeners. Um, just really- listeners remember, whatever your story is, whatever your journey is, own it, surrender it, and let God use it. Y'all have a blessed day. Bye, guys.